Sisananda. Begin by understanding that, of course, such feelings are very common. And so when you encounter them in yourself, at least part of what is happening is that you're encountering a shared human experience. Even those who seem to be the least poor, the wealthiest in your world in different ways. May, if you look beneath the surface, also be dealing with these kind of feelings. The individual causes can be many. Just as one example, if you had a difficult birth, you may have entered this life in the sense that surviving is difficult. The initial experience that perhaps there wasn't enough air, for example, as you grow up, easily transposes into there isn't enough money. Because although money and air are very different things, there is a kind of resonance in most of the societies on earth at this time between the two. In your society, you might be able to survive without money, but you'd probably find it difficult. And certainly there can be a strong feeling that Without money, it's going to be very difficult to survive. More generally, if you look at human history, so this will include the history of your own family, your own ancestors, you will find that at least some of your ancestors survived great hardship. And that hardship, that coming close to not surviving, leaves an imprint that will sometimes be passed down through many generations. And collectively, one way or another, is present in almost every human being. Or to put it another way, it's part of human consciousness, the consciousness that you all share. So at this point, another useful reminder. Stay away from blaming yourself if this is an issue you're dealing with. Flip it over. Say to yourself, I'm helping to clear poverty consciousness, feelings of lack, from the consciousness of humanity. Don't turn this into a martyr's role, simply recognize that any gains you make are certainly gains for you, but not just for you. You're helping all of humanity to move on. So, if you find these kind of feelings, ideas, beliefs, are part of your makeup, part of your regular, perhaps daily, perhaps habitual 
continual experience, what do you do? I'm going to suggest several ways. There is the saying, count your blessings. It has a power to it. It's not become a familiar saying without a power to it. What does it mean? What value is it to you? I would say this, that even if you are feeling very impoverished, even if you're feeling that your financial affairs are in a terrible state, that you're struggling to survive financially, or perhaps that you are poor in other ways, even if these feelings are very strong, very present, even if there's a lot of evidence for the truth of them, there will not be the whole truth. And so find and focus on anything at all, any area of life in which you feel abundant. I mentioned the breath earlier. For example, in all probability right now, I'm breathing quite well. Certainly we can say that your breath has kept coming for all the time you've been alive. Or it may be that though you feel very poor right now, nevertheless, you know that you will eat before the day is out, that there is water for you to drink, that you have clothes to wear, and so on. For the part of you that is struggling with poverty, whether that's literal poverty or metaphorical poverty, these kind of countings of your blessings may feel insignificant, even insulting. The impoverished part of you may actually feel quite angry. They feel that you're ignoring its clear and present needs by focusing on what, after all, is not that significant. The little things around the edge of your life. Or the things that any sensible person, this part of you might say, would take for granted, like your breath. Don't be put off if you find anger coming up to the surface. This can be very useful. Anger always has a cause. But very often the cause is not what initially presents. So in this instance I'm suggesting it might be that that angry voice says you're ignoring me. You're not looking after me. You're not paying attention to me. I'm on the edge of a precipice here and you're just ignoring it. And so let yourself pay attention to the angry voice, 
the despairing voice, the doubting voice, the fearing voice. For as you listen to them, you become a counsellor. You're no longer identifying with that voice, but becoming one who helps that voice to heal. As you listen to these voices who, for whatever reason, find themselves fixated upon the experience of poverty. Explore what might lie behind the voice. You may find coming to the surface Issues of self-worth. You're almost certain to be poor, at least in some aspect of your life. If you or some part of you is convinced that you're not worth much. The subconscious can be very literal. It doesn't always understand the nuances of language. So that when you look at a broken cup, for example, and say that's worth nothing, if there is a part of you that feels you are not worth much or are worth even nothing, that part will notice whatever you describe as not worth much or worthless and identify with it. You're a broken vessel, a shabby coat, a useless thing. Of course you are not, but your subconscious may have bought into these ideas and have indoctrinated you into subconsciously believing them. And so understand this too, that your worth is infinite. And if you want to translate that into worldly terms, you are worthwhile. You make a difference. Your contribution to the world is unique cannot be measured in money or anything else. It is unique, incomparable. And because you make a unique contribution to the world, you innately deserve the abundance of the world. Now, as you contemplate these kind of ideas, you may find another sort of voice comes up. A voice that 
feels that you are or fears that you might become greedy. Someone who wants more than her fair share. Someone who wants to lord it over others. Someone you would consider actually rather obnoxious. And you know you don't want to be like that. And so it may be that here the subconscious is at work as well. That it pays attention to your attitude to wealth and to the wealthy. It may observe that you have a tendency or have had a tendency to judge the rich. To feel that in some way to be rich is sinful. Your subconscious does its very best for you and if there is any kind of identification of a lack of poverty equating to an obnoxious sinner, well, it's going to do its best to safeguard you from that. So look at the beliefs, the ideas, the concepts, your own or inherited, around wealth in all its aspects, not just financial wealth, but every kind. A wealth of good looks or vitality, for example. And notice if there is within you any part that judges or begrudges or fears. And continue to do your best to release all judgment. Understand this about the world in which you live. There is no correlation, either negative or positive, between the worth of a being and his or her financial status. Ultimately, you are all equal. In terms of your presence here on earth, you will find that there are some people who are extremely rich and some people who are extremely poor are contributing immensely to the betterment of humanity. Conversely, you may find some who are very rich and some who are very poor who are dragging their feet a bit. That's all right. Everyone comes to wisdom and love at their own pace. But there is no need to judge. The disapproval of those who are dragging their feet doesn't help them at all. And those who are contributing greatly to the betterment of human consciousness can manage without your approval. Though to approve is fine. Indeed we would say approve of all of your fellow humans you and everyone else on the planet are doing the best they can. And no one can ask more than that. Know that of yourself as well. You are doing and always have done the best you can. 
Now consider another aspect of this whole issue, which we might begin by calling openness and closedness. If you want to welcome visitors into your life, you need in some sense or other to open the door to them. It's the same with abundance. This is one reason why I started with suggesting that counting your blessings is helpful. Counting your blessings is one way of opening the door to more. And so you might like right now to say to yourself, I welcome abundance into my life. Welcoming is just part of the process. It begins a process. But after welcoming, there is another step, and that is accepting. For you might welcome abundance in the same way that a duck welcomes the rain. Like the feathers of the dark, it might be that the abundance just runs off, that you don't actually accept it. You welcome it to the door, but you don't accept it into your home, into your heart. So you may find it helpful to say to yourself now, I welcome abundance into my life, and there is room in my life for abundance. I accept abundance into my heart, into my home. And you may find it helps to contemplate a step beyond that. What is abundance going to do when you've welcomed it in, when you've accepted it into your life? How are you going to use it? Here, trust is really important and of great value. So also say to yourself, I trust myself to use abundance wisely and well. And if you wish, add to that, I trust myself to use abundance wisely and well in every aspect of my life for the good of all life. I began by giving one example of how the experience of poverty can enter into our life, a difficult birth, struggling to breathe perhaps. Poverty consciousness, feelings of lack, can be closely associated with the idea and the experience of struggle. So this is another area that is useful to look at. There can be many different kinds of ideas, sometimes in direct conflict to each other, that exist within your own inner world. For example, you may have a belief that to be human is to suffer. To be human is to suffer, and to suffer is to struggle. 
At the same time, you may have a belief that struggle is virtuous. No pain, no gain, for example. So on the one hand, you may find an inner voice that sees struggle as terrible but inevitable. Another that sees struggle as virtuous and to be sought out. Be prepared to release whatever kinds of beliefs you have around struggle. Say to yourself, I choose to live a life that is joyful in all aspects. I let go of the need to grow through struggle. I allow myself, I choose to grow with joy. And here's another area related that is also worth looking at. We've touched on it a little in talking about the beliefs, the attitudes you may have towards those who are abundantly wealthy, who seem to have no kind of poverty consciousness. In your world, there's an, a, a tendency to equate wealth with power. It's not a necessary connection. As I've suggested, there may be some who have very little wealth, financially, but immense power. There may be some who have a great deal of wealth, but in truth find themselves with very little effective power. Nevertheless, there is a widespread belief and you are, by virtue of being human, affected by widespread beliefs, even if you do not consciously share them. Widespread beliefs that wealth and power are, if not equal to one another, if not identical, are certainly closely related. And for many of you, not just in this lifetime, but brought forward out of other lifetimes, may be a strong concern about the nature of power and how easy it is to abuse. And you know that you do not want to abuse your fellow humans or the planet. And so you may find that there is a subconscious break upon your movement into abundance, coming from an inner voice that says, no, wealth is power and power is bad. I don't want to be powerful in the way that I've seen so often before. You might think of power as being like electricity. Electricity is indeed powerful, and it can be used for good or ill. Learn to trust your power. Trust your ability to use your power for the benefit of all. And believe that that is possible. Here too, 
a common issue or belief system is the idea that if you are abundant, if you are wealthy, if you are rich, it can only be at the expense of others. Your wealth has been stolen. If you are rich, you are really nothing but a thief. These sorts of beliefs can be quite deeply rooted. Understand that you are part of a changing world. So that even if it has been the case in the past that to become wealthy yourself meant taking from others, even if it has been true in the past, know that it does not need to be true now. It does not need to travel forward into the future. Instead, recognize that you are a creator of wealth. You do not create something out of nothing in the ordinary sense of those words. But you do create experience out of light. And you can choose to create life-enhancing experiences, enriching experiences out of the light that comes to you in every moment from the source of all. In this way, your wealth adds to the wealth of all. Thank you. Go well.